Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get to know more about Awakening Reformation podcasts, we are a part of Rebel Alliance Media. Go to rebelalliancemedia.com. There's two other podcasts, Rebel Podcasts with P-Nate and Poots, and we record a podcast with our kids for families called Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. So go to the website, check it out, subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media in your podcast app. You can also like us and follow us on social media, engage with us there. We would love it. Yep. We come at you with so much energy this week. Yeah. This is like legit the night before this is supposed to go out. We've never cut it this close before. I don't think we have. This is probably the, the freshest episode we will ever release. And by fresh, we don't mean awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So Grant has like mountains of homework. Yes. A full-time job. Of course. That is like 40 plus hours a week. We have like two birthdays this week. Mine. Yeah, Grant's birthday. Grant's birthday is tomorrow. So when this comes out, it will be on Grant's birthday. Happy birthday, Grant. Thanks, babe. (laughs) Anyway, we have a lot going on this week. Yeah. So we, like, legit have zero time to, like, do anything that, uh... We have no time to do anything with ease. Yes. Well, like, and with any... Without much planning. Yeah. With much planning, I should say. Yeah. Anyway, so this is basically going to be unedited, raw, and... A than most episodes, We're sorry. We're just going to apologize. Up front. Yep. We're going to make your expectations low, so that way you're... (laughs) If you have high expectations for us, just turn it off now. Even on a normal episode. Yeah, that's true. But, totally side note, something yeah. super cool happened last week. Which was? Uh, the Wrights had their baby. So, Congratulations. Nate and Colleen had their latest little bundle of joy. I know. Arrived last week. On the 14th, I think. Was it? Yeah, that's Pi Day. They have a baby on Pi Day. Mm-hmm. Anyway. How cool. Another little covenant kid for the world. A little blessed child was born last week. Another arrow put in your quiver, Nate. (laughs) So congratulations to the whole family. And Colleen. The whole family. (laughs) The whole family. (laughs) And Quinn and Judah. All of you. Yes. Blessings. So anyway, that's awesome. That's something to rejoice and report. That was super neat that happened this week. And is there anything else that was profound that struck you about this week yeah the last seven days are we leading into the shepherds conference or no no oh no so you want to talk about the shepherds conference <clears throat> grant doesn't know what we're talking about tonight he's just taking a guess i am she said she had an idea and said i would like it and i was you thought we were talking about the shepherds Con- we can talk about it real quick for a few minutes if you want yeah yeah that's not what we're talking about really no and i thought i'd I knew. No. I thought I solved the mystery. So, what would you like to say about the Shepherds Conference? Well, the internet has been abuzz with what happened during the Q&A panel at the Shepherds Conference that John MacArthur and Phil Johnson put on every year for pastors. 
and basically it just revealed a lot of the the word being used is fissures of those um attacking the social justice issues in our country so mm-hmm. between Phil Johnson and Al Mohler there would seem to be a heated squabble between the two yeah and then uh others I think there were some tensions yeah and it was clear that it didn't just arise on stage that yeah. it had been that it started well before and maybe even before the conference actually well i think this is part of the problem with having droves of you know people from multiple different denominations mm-hmm. try and flock together and yeah. um come to agreement on any said topic is that theology matters and so your eschatology and your missiology and i mean everything is going to end up influencing why you signed a statement or didn't sign a statement so yeah sometimes like the banner of unity that christians reform christians try and broad brush with i i mean you're gonna end up having differences eventually and i think that's what we saw we saw the differences surface yeah it that banner wears out and then tears yep some years down the road and then i think that's what ha- is starting to happen mm-hmm. and uh anyway it was interesting all of the discussions that have been yeah cross politics happening had an interesting episode today about it and i think chocolate knox said something that was very profound and he said a lot of this boils down to what you think about god's law yeah I think that's really where the divides are happening. Yeah, which I would land closer to Moeller than I would the John MacArthur side of things. Oh, well, yeah. Because Moeller at least has some type of... Theology of social engagement. Yeah, cultural engagement, cultural responsibility Mm -hmm. as Christians. Right. um, By way of sharing the gospel would... Mm -hmm. doing it in a biblical way would um, change and impact the culture around you. Where right. I think the MacArthur camp more would lie on the side of to hell with the culture, literally. Well, yeah, and that comes from their dispensational exactly. mindset. Yep. So it's interesting so to nuanced. see. Yeah, All it's interesting so to nuanced. see how certain people are taking sides yeah. and why they're taking sides. I right. find it really fascinating how many like hyper reformed presbyterian uh christians are so quick to defend John MacArthur because they're so anti-social justice but at the same yeah. time he's like a dispensational baptist baptist and it's like all the things that they would you know almost not let like someone at. join their church yeah and if they that are they'd be super divisive about all of a sudden now they can forget and because yeah, he agrees with them come on, to uh, his aid I, it's interesting topic. to me yeah that's all it's no, interesting. it is when you when you think about each one of these men and their whether they're covenant theology or baptist covenant theology or or just dispensational mm-hmm. or whether they are yeah they're different theologies and the implications it's just very interesting so anyway anything else you want to say about the shepherds conference no i just don't I don't think Mueller did anything wrong. I don't think I think Christians are more scared of just having a robust conversation with one another 
I don't think that anyone could accuse Al Mohler of being afraid of a robust conversation. Like, a lot of people are coming at him, attacking him, and saying that he's basically a coward for not wanting to engage on this platform. I think you'd be quite the fool to accuse Albert Mohler of being (laughs) a coward or shying away from heated topics. Like Anyone that listens to the briefing knows that that man has taken a bullseye proudly Mm -hmm many times yeah. and he's not afraid so i do want to have molars back there and say is he a perfect man no do i agree with all of his theology no but by golly that man is not a coward no yeah that's it good talk if it intrigues you <laughs> if it intrigues you listener go 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 listen to cross politics episode yeah they'll probably do a better job of discussing all the nuances they actually played audio clips and stuff which right. was kind of cool because some of those are hard to find actually yeah they took it down so mm-hmm. yep good stuff anyway so tonight though yeah it is we're not talking about the shepherds conference okay what i wanted to talk about was language okay human language and we can get into different avenues of why human language matters and okay um, this kind of came out of like the Shepherds Conference sort of thing where they were talking about why human language matters mm-hmm. and why Moeller um, preferred not to sign the statement because mm-hmm. he didn't find it complete and he wanted to add more yeah. language to it to clarify it. And um, Anyway, so I was just thinking about like why language matters, why um, when we use particular words – it's very important. And a lot of people, once again, being post-mill, like we, mm-hmm. we say we should be redeeming culture, which means redeeming language as well. Yes. There is no neutrality. So like words are not a neutral thing. Words have impact. Right. So you and I have talked about this for years now, how yeah. especially media, like television, TV shows, music, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Pop culture. Yeah. Just the the whole thing um it will use words that are kind of like christian words yeah like um there are scary movies that have the word covenant in them yeah i can't remember the movies i've never watched them but or um the handmaid's tale Mm -hmm. like that whole show is filled with uh twisted bible verses and christian biblical language um there were several other shows that we've been watching recently. I can't remember. Um, Are we going to admit? <laughs> well, we watch a lot of stuff. We don't continue to watch a lot of stuff. But we start to kind of like watch a series here or there. And it either grabs us or doesn't. But um, we're all over on like true. genre. So Riverdale was one of them. Riverdale was one of them. Because they talked about sins and people paying for their sin. Mm-hmm. And that was the... You know, the enemy in the show for a while was someone that was killing people because we they... don't watch that show any longer. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we discontinued. Uh... But sometimes, like, even if the show is utter trash, it's really yeah. interesting to see the play that's being used by mm-hmm. the writers. And it's all the fad right now to use Christian words. It'll sell a song super quick. Like, there was that one song, I don't remember who the the singer was. Yeah. But he talked about worshiping at the shrine of this beloved that he oh, had. Yeah, yeah. And the whole hook was like, take take me to church. I'm gonna worship hmm. you. Like take me to your church. Well, yeah. Um that's just 
Demi, that's Demi Lovato's song too. You would think. Does she have one? Yeah, she says, um, "You think God is a woman?" Yeah, yeah. And it's because she was gonna, whatever, love this guy so well or be so he amazing. Was gonna- think that she that was he god would think, yeah he would think god is a woman yeah so even that theme of an ultimate being that yeah. provides 100 percent satisfaction and pleasure yeah. you can't get away from using god you yeah. have to compare yourself to god but it is like so in vogue right now to mm-hmm. use that old biblical language True. to sell something to sell a song to sell a tv series um books yeah I it feel has like, like a dark edge to it or something. The way they portray it, though. You know what I mean? Whenever it's used, I feel like they they use it in a way that kind of has an eerie feel, usually. Well, and I, I think one of the reasons why, and we can talk about this a little yeah. bit, was, like, why are we doing that? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is that we instinctively know that there is something weightier to yeah, those exactly. words. There's something weightier to the word sin. Yep. Someone can sing about, like, oh, you done me wrong or something, but just say, like, you sinned or this person is a sinner. Right. It has, a like you said, a weightier implication. It means something more. Yeah, it's words that actually have substance to them. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I find that super interesting. That's kind of what I want to talk about. Yeah. So, what say you? Well, a lot of people of the, you know, super spiritual, vague emergent probably back in the day we would call them part of the emergent church movement now it's like the rachel held evans and and they're the ones that just say language is just a human construct we just give it whatever meaning we want to give it but i don't think it's just like those type of christians i think that there are actually a lot of reform christians who would say that we should not be using certain words we should only use certain words like, like we, we almost have like we almost have words that are okay to use as christians and words that are not okay to use as christians and yeah. the world sees nothing of that divide they just say all of language is out there and i can use of it what i want yeah i can use it for whatever means i exactly have for it and the problem is that christians are saying no we can only use certain words we can only use the christian words and obviously there is a certain type of language that the world uses right. that a Christian, it, it's not fitting for a Christian to use, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that the thing is, we get a lot of slack for our get woke, you yeah. know, sign off or whatever. But the the sad fact is, is that why are we just like handing more over to, you know, godless man to do whatever they want with it? Yeah, so... Nothing is neutral, so it's either going to be used and utilized for Christ Mm -hmm. and the expansion of his kingdom, or it's going to be misused and abused. Yeah, and, you know, the Psalms do talk about the language of Zion. Mm -hmm. I believe it's the Psalms. Could be wrong there. But there is a way that a Christian talks that should be more reverent and just more edifying christian yeah yeah for sure we're we are salt and light and so if we are to be um revealing things of god to the world and then be a preserving influence in the world and i think it's colossians that talks about your speech being seasoned with salt the so there it should be a difference in the way you talk now when it comes to like our sign-off, Get Woke. Mm-hmm. Our podcast is called Awakening Reformation. We 
I love Jonathan Edwards. It's like one of my mm-hmm. – other than John Our Calvin. Our son is named Edward. Yeah. <laughs> so other than John Calvin, which Calvin was in the running for some of our yeah. other kids, but they were girls. Um, so <laughs> Calvin's not a very beautiful name. And and he was part of the first great awakening. And I just love that move of the spirit that happens through the preaching of the gospel. And it's inspiring and it's amazing, right? That was one of the reasons why we picked Get Woke. Now, we know it's a hot cultural term right now. But it's funny because when we chose it, it was just starting to kind of it's true, yeah. become a thing. And now it's like this pinnacle well, of now it's constantly a Christian divide. Yeah, you know. So that's interesting. But um, I think it isn't so much like the actual word that you speak. Mm-hmm. Like the word woke is not an evil word or a virtuous word it's just a word woke right yeah but there's a way that you can use it that could be edifying and there's a way that you could use it that could be um divisive and or just worldly yeah i mean so so then why does language matter so is it the heart behind the word that matters more so than the actual word itself and is that the difference of like well, Christians ought to be changing the hearts, which would then change the meaning of the words. Or you're trying to say? Yeah, because I was actually just talking to somebody the other day. They're Catholic. This was at the chapel. And he said that he missed Ash Wednesday. And he said that, you know, he was he felt bad because you have to have a priest do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he said, I would have just done it in my apartment, but I don't think it would have had uh the same effect or that wouldn't have been right. And I said, because I have a pretty good relationship with them, I said, um, or maybe the meaning is still there. Is it just the actions that give it the meaning? Or is it the faith in your own heart that give the actions its purpose and meaning? And I don't even fully agree with Ash Wednesday in particular. Right. But it's the same with uh, you know, baptism. The whole divide between you know, the Catholic view of ex opera operato, in the working it has worked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Lutherans and then Presbyterians and stuff, specifically with infant baptism, they're like, what's the uh, what's the efficacy here? Mm-hmm. And it's only effic- uh, efficacious if the person is doing that act in faith. Mm-hmm. And with words, there is a, a substance that matters. You know, words are symbolic. Ben Emery wrote a good little piece on our website about words being symbolic go check out ben's article yeah because islam calls i mean allah everybody knows allah and we think of uh islam Mm -hmm. and their god but that's just the arabic word for god yeah it's not like muslim god it's just god and um but we know that when they say allah when they say god that they're that they're talking about god as described in the quran Mm -hmm not the God described in the Old and New Testament. Mm -hmm. When Jews say God, they're just talking about God as in the Old Testament, not Jesus, not as Trinity, not Mm -hmm. as, you know, became man. So it's almost they do matter and they do need to be exact to to a point, but they have to marry their substance too. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to define words. So when I think about the woke thing, our culture ha- uses that word and has their definition, which we all know. You could Wikipedia that right now. I right. know what they mean. 
And John, the apostle, wrote about the Logos, Mm -hmm. which was a Greek philosophical term trying to explain meaning in the world and logic and things like that. But then he gave it a truer and better meaning, which was that the Logos, the true meaning and logic of the entire creative order, is Jesus. And this Logos became flesh Mm -hmm. and dwelt among us and was full of glory and light and truth. And through believing in him, you become sons of God. And you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So So certain words ought to be repurposed and reworked to the glory of God. Given a God-glorifying meaning. Yes. And so some people have said, church, don't adopt the culture's language, but... What if we give it a well, truly they, biblical meaning? They basically would say that we are being conformed into the world's image. Right, you're capitulating to their, yeah, yeah. their and narrative. We wouldn't say, yeah, go ahead and do that. Like, go ahead and right. do the lawless deeds of the world. We'd say, mm-hmm. okay, what is, what, are, what is the play the world is using right now? Right now they're using biblical language and they're distorting it. So yeah. first of all, Let's take back our language and actually start teaching our children what these biblical words, like, what is a covenant? How many kids who grew up in the church would even know how to define what a covenant is? Right. But they'll go watch a horror movie called Whatever Covenant, and it looks so spooky and ominous. Yeah, and then like, they read about covenants in the Bible and get freaked out. Yeah, and that's their association. Yeah. Or, um, you know, like the sinner thing. Or even a sacrifice or atonement. Or worship at the shrine. Yeah. Like, what it, What did, What does any of that even mean? Mm-hmm. Do our kids even know? No, because right. we're not even teaching our children. Or maybe we don't know. So maybe it's just we become so lazy and we haven't even tried to understand God's word ourselves. True. We couldn't even teach our children if we wanted to because we don't know. Yeah. So that, I think, once again, like... Uh, Nate always says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord, like yeah. we need to figure out what have we done to where they are allowed to use our language mm-hmm. and they're profiting off of it. Yeah. Well, and if the church is the light of the world, not should be the light of the world, they are the light of the world. So the church goes goes the culture. Mm-hmm. If the church is just adopting culture, language, and meaning of language. We're turning our lights out. We're putting a basket over the lamp. Mm-hmm. That's not good. So we need to stick to our language and our meaning. Well, partly, I, I think partly is that we've not taught what that language means. Mm-hmm. We've not taught our, our children and our congregations right. and our friends and family, whatever, um, people that we're discipling, what those biblical words mean. Also, I think that there is just some aspect of the world seeing there is just a depth of richness in those words because they're words that God gave us to use that they can't match. Yeah. Like, they can't match that kind of language no matter how hard they try. So, they have to come and borrow from the language that we have because there's just something deeper in it. Yeah, that's really good. And God, obviously, is the author of language. He is the one that has given us uh, the words to speak, and he has communicated to us through our languages, uh-huh. which is incredible if you think about it. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is is awesome, and that of course God's words are going to have a deeper, richer, fuller, more satisfying meaning 
than what the world can come up with. There's really no, like, direction that I'm trying to take this. It was just more of a conversation (laughs) that I was like, this might be a good time since we're so pressed for time. Maybe we could talk about this a little bit. Yeah. But um, I do think that we need to be more intentional with our language. And I think that there are certain words that we should be trying to repurpose Mm -hmm. to the glory of God. And not just assume that language is neutral. Yeah. And I... I mean, I don't think everyone thinks the language is neutral. I think people think there are good words and bad words. But I I mean, words do have meaning. And so let's make sure that those neutral words like woke mm-hmm. or what are some other words that people will use? Like worship. I hear that all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I simply worship this celebrity. or And people don't mean it as though like actually like going to a worship service and worshiping mm-hmm. that celebrity. It's just kind of like a common term yeah. that people use. Um, idol yeah but that's essentially what it is yeah if you take it to its logical meaning yeah no i've been thinking about this a lot because we hear a lot of the people we listen to constantly you know basically make a pinata out of the woke term Mm -hmm. and beat it down and in the definition of the world and the definition of a lot of the oh we would totally reject it a lot of the far left of our evangelical church, whatever you want to call it, reformed or not, are using that term in a very unbiblical way. We use it and we say at the end that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the spirit. The Ephesians and Colossians and other places talk about regeneration as a opening your eyes, like the blind now see Yeah, and being, uh, being woken up like that. And so we took it and grabbed it and used it as the things that we share on the podcast through digging into scripture and theology books and all that kind of stuff would awaken you and would have... Well, awaken a reformation. Right. You know, not like... Obviously, what we do isn't equivalent to God removing the scales off of a no an unbeliever's eyes and regenerating their heart. Like, we're not saying that... No, we pray the Spirit does that. He yes. only He only yes. can do that. And But even afterwards, after a person is saved, there mm-hmm. is still a sanctification process right. by which you know, we walk through the entirety of our life. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's removing some more of the, the grave cloths, you know, like, like waking up, like yeah. get this stuff off of me. I'm not dead anymore. Yeah. Like, Well, being transformed from glory to glory, like Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, is by looking at the glory of Christ. Right. Yeah. This 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 terminology of looking into something in the eyes, the eyes being the window to the soul. This is biblical stuff. We try and be so intentional with our children too and like mm-hmm. the words that we use and our attitude when we use the words. And that's why we've had people ask us why we allow our children to use certain words that maybe some other kids aren't allowed to use. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes I feel like, especially with kids, we try and, like, cutesy everything up. Yeah, you just made it sound like we let our kids cuss. (laughs) We don't let our kids cuss. (laughs) But keep going. But, like, um, we don't let our kids say shut up either. And, like, that shut and up are not bad words. Right. Like, as the world would see them, they're pretty neutral. Mm -hmm. But when you put them together, the heart behind when our kids say shut up to someone, that's very not neutral. That definitely has implications, you know? Yeah. Um, so 
when our kids are talking about certain things, I'm trying to think of a good example. Can you think yeah. of a good example? I don't, not as far as like a common use everyday word, but there are things that a lot of parents usually sugarcoat or use like code things for. Right. And we're just like, we're just going to well, tell our kids. Like for instance, like sex. Yeah. Sex. Right. We'll just use that one. A lot of parents like, whoa, someone said sex. Let's not talk about that in front of our kids. Yeah. And to each your own, like, you know your kids. They may think we're nuts. Maybe your kids are very sensitive or I don't know, whatever. You handle yours. But like with our kids, we've always just said we're never going to lie to our kids and we're never going to sugarcoat yeah. how the world works. And we're not going to make it weird. We're not going to like have a weird family meeting. Okay, time to now talk and about have like sex, a, everyone. like a... Like a yearly sex talk with our kids no. or something. Like it's just not how we do our our home. Just, so yeah. when we are listening to a podcast or the news comes on, which isn't very often, honestly, but whatever, when that happens yeah. and the word sex is brought up, or even in a song on the radio, or whatever, yeah. or when even like Al Mohler on the briefing is talking about the homosexual or the LGBTQ yeah. movement, the kids ask, "What's LGBTQ?" So we basically. Just tell them. Basically, from as early on as I can possibly remember, I mean, Nora was in a car seat, and yeah. I can remember her probably being three or four years old and us having sex talks with our kids and just being like, this is how it works. And we didn't get, like, super graphic or anything. Like, this is just how God no. designed for a mommy and a daddy to come together and have babies and yeah. reproduce and be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Like, it was very much a yeah. holistic view of sex, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> But, like, we don't – when they ask us questions, like, about homosexuals or mm. sex, like, I heard a song about sex or we live right. in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, you see swear okay. words spray-painted on garage doors all well, over the city. And uh, like, in the subway right now, because I think it just opened, there are billboards for the Museum of Sex. Yeah, yeah. So and the kids can read. So. Yeah, our kids aren't dumb. And they're – their posters are pretty provocative as well. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I mean, had our children had no idea what that was and they saw that, I think they'd be kind of shocked. Yeah. yeah. And praise God that he has given us a little bit of discernment to prepare our kids. Yeah. But now they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah I mean, that's so terrible. Like I can't sinner. believe. Yeah, they're like, sinners going to sin. Yeah. pretty. <laughs> I mean, basically it was like very, not that they're not like upset about it. They wouldn't right. agree with it or think it's not a big deal, but they're just kind of like, yeah, like people swear. Yeah. People people have sex outside of marriage. Like mm -hmm. a lot of kids their age have parents that, you know, don't live in the same house or have one dad here and another dad there. Uh -huh. It's just kind of like the world our kids live in and we've never shielded them from that. Yeah. So things like human, bring it back around, like the human language side of things, like words like sex or swear words, mm -hmm. we've just never shielded from our kids. Right. And it's just words matter yeah. so let's teach them what those words mean now i'm not at all advocating for like redeeming the use of yeah for, the re redeeming <laughs> for redeeming some of those words but paul did use some pretty harsh language and some yeah. crass type yep. language that some christians would mm -hmm. not think is very christianly in right. the use of writing his letters yeah, to the churches so yeah, philippians um Using strong words is sometimes important and necessary. Yeah, depending on your audience. Uh, there's wisdom and discernment involved. And I know right. that Doug Wilson gets a really bad rap for this a lot of times mm -hmm. when he will use words. Um, 
Yeah. What and do you th- think about that? What do you think about Christians using so the times quote unquote foul language? So the times that I've read Doug Wilson use them, it's obviously very rhetorical and it's very fitting. He's never writing and just saying, "Isn't that just bleeping awesome?" You know, it's not flippant. It's we're all over the map on this one, you guys. It's so very... if we start using cuss words here, <laughs> this is your warning. It might happen. Trigger warning. <laughs> he, it's obviously very choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he did it on a blog uh, recently. Yeah. And it was, um, I mean, almost crossing the line. But what's funny is usually when he uses it, the very next paragraph will be like some kind of point. The point he makes to the reader is if that, if me using that word bothered you more than whatever it is whatever point he's trying to make then you're part of the problem or something like that so it's obviously very much on purpose rather than just a loose tongue you know or loose lips so yeah because james talks a lot about guarding your tongue Mm -hmm. and being the master of the words you speak yeah and that's where the purpose of the word and the meaning you're giving it Mm-hmm. Not just the meaning that one word has, it's the meaning of your paragraph, your chapter, whatever, also. Yeah, yeah. So we are not advocating for just like, you know. And a lot of people are still very, very much against any kind of I know swear, swearing at all. I think it's kind of hard to justify that position from scripture. Yeah, because scripture is vague. Yeah, and there's a lot of interesting things found in scripture that i mean your child wouldn't even be able to read scripture based on your super high moral standards you know like your kids can't watch certain movies or read certain books but then you give them the old testament and it's like well there it is (laughs) right yeah (laughs) um so i don't know yeah king saul had a filthy mouth i mean there's some dicey things in there so yeah the heart behind what you're saying matters yeah it is it's both and it in is. a lot of ways you know because with cussing i don't know how many times i've had this conversation with somebody about well is it just the heart behind it no certainly not because people can be super happy and just talk filthy. ridiculously filthy yeah. yeah so obviously that's still wrong that's still coarse jesting that's still filthy language right yeah but it's not just don't say the words because people can not cuss and say some of the worst stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And children are great at that. (laughs) Children are great at using, you know, following all your rules, but using very not nice language towards each other. Exactly. So, yeah. Like, I wish you were never my sister. (laughs) Yeah. And cheerful obedience. I know we've talked about this Uh a lot, and this is just something that God has been working out in my heart. It's just the, the word delight has been brought up several times mm-hmm. throughout uh, the last few months and some of the trials that we've gone through. And just like your attitude towards whatever you're going through in life, like we're called to rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. Always. So regardless of what's going on, whatever words we're speaking, even if it's in the middle of disciplining our children, we should have delight and we should have cheer in our hearts because praise God he's given us a child Mm -hmm. and he's actually given us wisdom to instruct said child through whatever sin that they are now needing to be disciplined through right and like praise God 
it's a great thing, right? Yeah, like they're growing. They're problem growing. solution, yeah. both given to you. Hopefully that you're not left alone. Yeah, God like, is there. Yeah, but oftentimes it doesn't feel that way in the moment. And so yeah, just the the delight and like the cheerful, pleasant, like not walking around with like a scowl on your face and yeah. being grumpy and allowing for yourself to be grumpy, but like speaking words of life. Yeah, choosing to be in a I don't know, just a pleasant attitude, like that matters, right? Yeah, and that's like one of the one of the most stark differences between a Christian and a non-Christian. Right. Is that a Christian will praise God for the weather, for their food, for their clothes, and because they understand that these things are gifts. Mm-hmm. The the not unbeliever only sees them as maybe a happy accident. Or, yeah, you know, but something they worked for, perhaps. Maybe something they've worked for, but but then they can just complain about it then. Well, my point to all this, like, cheerful, mm-hmm. rejoicing attitude, it, it does matter because, like you said, it's not just the words you speak, it's the attitude behind it. The heart, yeah. So I think with, like, the Doug Wilson side of things where maybe he'll use a word or two here and there that some Christians may reject, Right. his attitude is one of rejoicing so when mm-hmm. he's using that word it's not being used to stir up tear dissension or to yeah to tear down or or to slander someone typically it is yeah. out of a heart of rejoicing and trying to communicate like you said something right that matters yeah and his hopes are to to edify and to aid in maturity and to hopefully bless the believers you know and we know that that is his attitude because that is very much his disposition. Like, mm-hmm. Doug Wilson's disposition is not a grumpy, coarse, right. you know, angry old man. That's not who An he irritated is. guy. Yeah. He's very much a rejoice in the Lord always kind of Christian. Yeah. So, when he's using a word, we can take it at face value and say his heart behind this word is to do something with that word. Mm-hmm. Something beneficial. Something to expand God's kingdom because right. we know this of his character. Yeah. So, if you're the kind of Christian, though, who's always grumpy and walks around, you know, face sullen and... You're in sin. Well, yeah, you're in sin, but now whatever words you use, even if they're pleasant words, might be sinful. Yeah. Those quote-unquote neutral words could be sinful, right? Yeah, and we... The shut-up words could be way more uh, grievous to God than Doug Wilson's a-hole or whatever word he used (laughs) you know right and then we do this with our kids we and i have to train myself to the same way of saying what you're what you need to say but with a pleasant attitude they may answer exactly what they need to answer you know to us in response but the attitude's not there we'll say hold on wait a minute with cheer you know with joy yeah let's try again and then they do it again and once they do it with joy, then we've we've practiced holiness. You know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. uh, practiced. We've put on godliness now, and so now we can continue. We not we don't accept the you know self loathing way of obedience. Right. The pouting and just the begrudging obedience. Yeah, it's just not acceptable. Yeah, and that is not what we're called to. That is in and of itself a sin. Yeah. So. So words matter. Words matter. Attitude I don't know matters. what we talked about, honestly. I don't either. A bunch how of, long have we even? Been we talking? talked about a lot of talking. What did we talk? How long have we been talking? It looks like forty minutes. Wow. Oh. 
Sorry, guys. Some of it will be edited out. This <laughs> this has been one weird, long conversation. About talking. About talking. And using words. We've come to no real solution, and we have no real wisdom to give you. Well, I just You're welcome. You're... <laughs> and we're done. No, it's... I think it's one of those things, you know, like you said, James has a lot to say about the mouth and words that we say, obviously Proverbs does too. Mm -hmm. James is considered by the scholars, the New Testament book of Proverbs, Mm -hmm. the New Testament wisdom book. So go check that out. That's helpful. It's just something that has to be sanctified, you know? Well, all words do. That's why I, I just think it's really interesting that we have given some words like like the shut up that's mm-hmm. very neutral and then like the f word is obviously super bad yeah. and then words like oh i'm blessed or whatever like that's a christian word but like shouldn't we be trying to take it all back yeah you know what i mean i it's just kind of silly to me that we we're okay with the shut up cuz it's kind of neutral but we're deeply appalled by the f word mm-hmm. and rightfully so because it does have certain implications but like as the mm-hmm. as the christian we just kind of like sit over here in the you know be blessed i'm yeah. i'm like you know white girl blessed or whatever and uh-huh. that's where we're comfortable mm-hmm. but we do nothing to like actually push back darkness with our the language that we use yeah it just it's, like, we, like we're just giving up yeah we just give up yeah and they just keep taking more and more ground now they're infiltrating our our christian words and they're trying to take our christian words yeah what are we going to do when some of our Christian words have dubious meanings? Are we going to give those to them? Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not. Not a good plan. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up about it. Let's. I'll shut up about it. And that's one of my apps telling me now's a good time to do so. <laughs> well... We are super happy if you are still listening and God you, bless you. you stayed on this roller coaster of an episode. I hope it was beneficial, though. I just feel like we should apologize. We're sorry. We will get our life back at some point Please here. Please forgive us. 2019 has been a heck of a ride. Yeah. We do hope you were blessed and that this was edifying in some way. We hope our words were edifying. <laughs> hope that If nothing else... The spirit Go does talk it, though, to you know? someone else about this. Maybe they can give you some constructive yeah. wisdom. It's just a conversation that needs to be had more, I think, amongst Christians. Just talk about yeah. the language and what language is appropriate and not appropriate. Agreed. And how we're going to start redeeming some words to the glory of God. That's what I'm talking about. Well, thank you for listening again. <laughs> we appreciate it. Please like and share and subscribe if you liked it. It's Rebel Alliance Media in your podcast app. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gain, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin 
of our first parents brought death to us all Since Adam was our federal head What he did counted for us In him were all rebels and dead Yo, captured in the mind Disaster, sinning crimes in a dark state Alaska in the wintertime Sour in our frames Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames Cause we're powerless to change If you feel that way I pray that you respond happily As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3 Verse 1 is my thesis, it's the deepest Truth that should get you speechless What scripture teaches, will fill in the missing pieces Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees Wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nicked Night He called the rabbi and gave him props Said he was a teacher from God Jesus replied, made him stop Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again That must have consumed and stretched his mind Cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second? Time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit No other way to enter heaven That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent The water symbolizes spiritual purification Flesh can only produce flesh, that's true and factual Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural It's kind of like the wind, which is free East to west can't perceive the steps You can only see its effects In the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We will all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1 yeah. And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen Jesus. The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause It changes our natural habitation The situation It's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable With new internal his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable The lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who was given new birth from above